Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of Opportunity Cost. I sat down with Anna to talk about her experience with the Nagic. That's not her real name. She spoke to me on the condition of anonymity. So don't go try to find her. She does not wish to be found. I think her story is important to listen to in full and might be able to teach us something. So without further ado. Okay, let's start at the top. So what was going on in your life at the time that you were approached about the business opportunity? So I was not actually approached about it. I reached out to this person. So it was May 2020, I think. And what the Freedom Era and Enagic does is use something called attraction marketing. So you use Instagram ads to advertise to people about the business opportunity. And this person I had actually known from high school. She was three years older than I was. Um, but I had been following her on Instagram. And it was it looked like a very attractive lifestyle. She was talking about $10,000 a month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. So I reached out to her to get started. It was somebody that you followed. Like, did you know this person before you approached them outside of kind of Instagram or in social media? Did you know them outside of that? I kind of knew them outside of Instagram. Um, They were friends with a family friend of mine. Um, I knew them at, because I had transferred high school. So I knew them when I was in grade nine at my first high school. They were in grade 12. Um, but I didn't know them personally. I just followed them on Instagram. And how, how old were you? I don't remember if you said that. I was 18. Wow. So really young. Yeah, I know. It's actually a little bit shocking to think about. Yeah. So tell me what happened next. Like you reached out to this person, you were interested in their lifestyle. And can you tell me about how that conversation kicked off, what kind of messages you guys were exchanging with each other and how all that went down? So the reason I reached out to them, in high school, she was doing a network marketing business with Isagenics. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw on her Instagram, I was on a gap year. And I was like, you know what, I need to make money because COVID started. And I saw that they had started a new business opportunity and they said, yeah, I left network marketing. Now I'm doing affiliate and digital marketing. And I thought, okay. So I looked up what affiliate marketing was and it was like, oh, you get a link, you promote your link and then you get a commission when someone buys the product. That's what affiliate marketing is. Um, So I was like, okay, that seems legitimate. Um, It's not network marketing. And so I got started and then I, did not actually find out until after I got started that it was not affiliate and digital marketing. It was multi-level marketing. I did not know that there was, it was manipulative. It, it manipulated me into thinking that's that it was affiliate marketing, but it was not. I was just being recruited into an MLM. Did you know what MLMs were at that time or was it one of those things where you weren't entirely sure what that business model actually means. I kind of knew because, you know, I've seen 
I've heard of like, you know, the Avon lady and Mary Kay and everything. And I knew like Monat was an MLM. So I kind of knew, but I also thought, oh, it's also possible to just sell a product and not recruit people. But mm-hmm. bottom line is you don't make money from just selling the product. You make money in an MLM from recruiting people. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about your kind of jump into the business? What what happened? Did you buy products first? Did you sign up through um, your sponsor's link? Or how did all of that kind of work tactically for you? So I watched a webinar and they were talking about um, advertising for affiliate marketing. And it does targeted ads towards you and they were like yeah you can tap into that for affiliate marketing and I thought oh my gosh okay cool so I ended up getting started through they call it your sponsor and your mentor so I signed up through her link to the freedom era which is the training platform that does um, courses on sales on manifestation on embodiment um, on Instagram and Facebook advertisements, all sorts of classes. And so after I did that, I had a, they call it a vision call with um, a digital business specialist is what they call it. And that introduced me to Enagic. So they talked about there's this quad strategy, there's a trifecta strategy, and then there's the K8 strategy. So the K8 strategy is just the one water machine the k8 is what it's called the trifecta is the k8 the anespa which is a shower filter and then ukon which um is like turmeric tea and soap and supplements that auto ships yearly so the quad strategy is with two k8s the anespa the shower filter and ukon which is the tea soap and supplements all turmeric um they really push the quad strategy um, because it's the most expensive. And the hardest part to talk about for me specifically is how much it costed because most people actually take out a loan to pay for these products. Um, And I did take out a loan with a company called Medicard because it's Canadian and the products are what they call medical grade. So it was a medical grade water ionizer, et cetera. Um, So I took out a loan to pay off over three years and the total of the loan was 14K. Um, And I'm just, that is extremely hard for me to admit and say because I was 18 years old and extremely naive. What I noticed about Enagic is They sell their water machines as, like you said, their medical grade water and how all the alkaline versus whatever their pH levels have different benefits. Did you kind of find that interesting or did you, um, what did you think about that claim as you were going into the business? Well, I thought it was really cool actually. And I was like, this is a really awesome product to sell. Um, if it has that many benefits and it's talking and I was like, oh, it's medical grade. So it must be good. Right. Um, and I, because I moved, um, I don't use it right now, but I was still using the machine 
and I am going to continue to use it until it stops working simply because I don't want to waste my money. And I thought, you know, whatever. Might as well Um, use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I still drink the tea because it's turmeric tea and, you know, turmeric is good for you, but I'm not going to buy it again. I would buy turmeric tea from a not multi-level marketing scheme. Um, I still use the products, but I thought the benefits were really cool until I was reading one like PDF about it because there's a couple different PDFs that tell you the different uses for all the pH levels. And one of them was like, oh, if you feel a stroke coming on, drink a gallon of 11.5 pH water. And I'm what? like, really? And then there was, there was one that was like, oh, if... Um, if you're in chemotherapy, use 11.5 pH water on your chemotherapy burns. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This water does not cure diseases. Mm. I know it does not do that. Like, don't claim that. That's not legal. Wow. Do you have that PDF? Yeah, I have it somewhere. I'll I'll try and find. I think it's also on Reddit. Okay, if you find it, find it by chance, yeah, that would be incredible. Because I, obviously, I've seen a lot of medical claims from Enagic distributors, um, which are wild. But I mean, it kind of drives with their whole non-Western medicine sort of thing, which is which is funny. It's like maybe that's where all of that came from. Was like in order to sell this crazy expensive product, you have to convince people that it has some benefit that doesn't exist anywhere else in the market. And so you have to be able to claim, okay, it does X, Y, and Z, which you can't find anywhere else. And so you must buy our product and buy into our way of thinking in order to justify the purchase itself. Exactly. Yeah. This girl, my sponsor, my mentor, whatever you want to call it, she had been posting about, oh, I'm making $10,000 months. And now I still follow her just because I like to have intel and look into it. And I wanted more information for this interview. And she had decided, she said she's calling in a $100,000 month this month. I thought, okay, do you really need that much money do you really need an $100,000 month yeah it actually pisses me off yeah do you think that she because a lot of the times what I've seen with you know people like that that are leaders in MLMs is that they'll say that they're making $100,000 but that's not actually their profit it's just either the sales that their team made that month or, um, and it doesn't account for any of the money that her team is actually losing. Um, Do you have any idea from being in of like how much somebody like her was actually making or was it kind of firewalled for you? So this is interesting because I personally did not make any money. I made nothing. Um, so I was shocked and confused about how people were making $10,000 months when I hadn't even made 
$1,000, for example. Um, I don't know. I, I never saw any. Oh, I did see checks. She would get checks. And I remember she posted one image, a screenshot of her mom. Because um, she lives in Bali, in Indonesia. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. That's actually, I want to tell another story about that in a bit. But okay. she um, posted a screenshot of her mom depositing her checks. And the message from her mom said like, oh, $8,000 deposited into your account from what, like six or seven different checks. Um, I don't, I, I still don't understand the commission structure or the, the eight, it's called an eight point commission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know what it's called. Um, and I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. No matter how many videos I watched on it. I don't understand how people make money yeah. from the eight points or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And I think that's the point. You, mm. They don't want people to understand it. They just want them to do it and make the money. Yeah. I, I've looked into it. And, well, I've looked into a lot of companies, obviously. And they're, they're all, I believe, designed to be confusing, um, especially for people who are just getting into it. Um, because for the person recruiting you, it's not important that you understand as long as they're getting you in then it benefits them financially to kind of keep you in the dark about how hard it actually is to make money. I wanted to ask you this. You you mentioned that you joined the Freedom Era, which is, if people don't know, is a, is a team, right? Like these top leaders have teams that they brand and make their own trainings for and make their own content for. What was the because i've seen many groups especially within enagic that are very new age spiritual um i guess what you would call like hippie organic people um and that's kind of their message that they take out to the marketplace and in order to sell their lifestyle right it sounded like your sponsor lived in bali so maybe they had some of that do you remember if there were any trainings or kind of, um, I don't know how to describe this, behavioral things that they were like, okay, you should be eating organic food and you should be meditating and you should be doing this and that as a part of the training for your business. Do you remember? I do. Yeah. So I actually wrote down a list of all the um, courses in mm -hmm. The freedom era and I have that list here um so some of them were just normal business trainings like sales and mm -hmm. launching your business all of that but weird ones were like not weird but like do I really need this to run a business was there was one called soulful sales mm. mindset and manifestation embodiment just mindset. Um, and then the very first thing that you do is a discovery process. And there's a bunch of different questions in there. Like, what does your life look like now? What do you want it to look like? What's your perfect day? Um, are you an Enagic distributor yet? That kind of thing. Um, but there, 
when you talk about new age spirituality, this is actually one of the reasons why I left was because of the new age spirituality. So I consider myself to be a spiritual person. Um, and so are a lot of people around me, but I am not like a conspiracy theorist. I have my vaccines. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I don't, eat completely organically plant-based right like mm-hmm. sometimes I have processed food you know I I feel like I'm a very rational person with it but I also consider myself to be spiritual however when some of these people have made anti-vax posts or they're against like 5g or like Trump supporting posts that really hit a nerve in the wrong way and Mm. it really made me angry and I thought this is not a community that I want to be surrounding myself with because like I'm extremely liberal I identify actually as gender fluid Mm. Um, none of these people they're all completely I don't even know what to say about it yeah but it makes me it makes me very upset and angry the things that they believe in and obviously to each their own but don't be stupid about it mm-hmm. yeah I've noticed that too there's this kind of weird pipeline from the spiritual community into QAnon conspiracy theory hard right thinking Um, that's quite paradoxical to me. Um, And I've noticed that a ton, especially in Energic, more than almost any other company that I've looked into. Um, And it just, it's super wild to me because when I think about spirituality, just for me personally, is, you know, a, a seeking of taking care of other people and acknowledging you know, our connection between us and nature and us and the universe. And it's so antithetical for me personally, you know, to think of that kind of ethos falling in line with the kinds of um, conspiracies and beliefs that people that are into QAnon believe. Um, so I, I find that interesting that for you, it turned you away Versus for some other people, it might be the thing that draws them in deeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what that makes me think of is in my sponsor slash mentors like Instagram bio, it says where the law of attraction meets business. And I thought, okay, that that can be very attractive for somebody, someone who believes in manifestation and the law of Mm -hmm. attraction. And they think, oh, so I can run a business based on the law of attraction. And I thought that would have sucked me in for sure. Um, It did suck me in, right? Mm -hmm. But that's also just not how everything works. It's, It's not just the law of attraction in your business. You actually have to have you know, skills to run a business, but it's not even a real business when I say that, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're so right about them. Some people being pulled into it because of that, because I had just started kind of a spiritual journey and this, these 
top leaders in the business, in the team that I was in in particular, they were talking about, oh, I just had a spiritual awakening in Bali. I just used plant medicine, which is just mushrooms, magic Mm -hmm. mushrooms. And they were saying, yeah, I completely had a spiritual awakening and ego death and all this. And I'm like, oh, my Mm. gosh. okay, cool. I want that. So it did suck me in. But when I got deeper and deeper into it, And I realized, oh, they're anti-vax, they're Trump supporters, they're all of this. I was like, I don't want to be a part of that because that is not who I am. Mm -hmm. I believe in Western medicine. And they obviously do not. And I cannot, it's just the conspiracy theorists that came out during COVID, that's who they are. And I don't want to be a part of that because I don't, that does not align with my values or with who I am. Yeah. So I am grateful that that turned me away, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that it did, too. Um, It just makes me feel for, you know, other people like you that have gotten sucked into the same thing. And, you know, what they're really talking about are really dangerous ideas that obviously came to fruition during COVID. And COVID kind of accelerated a lot of, threw gasoline on a fire that was already lit, I feel, um, but it's just, it's just a super dangerous thing in my opinion to get involved in and, and allow yourself to get sucked into. But I, I want to take us kind of back to when you were in the business and you were kind of going through trainings and you had bought all your products and everything as a part of that loan that you took out. Um, when was it kind of clear to you that this was a recruiting thing was it ever pushed to you to be hey you should be talking to this many people a day on social media and trying to get them into the business can you recall when that started to kind of take shape so it actually it took shape for me right at the beginning because like I told you I thought it was affiliate marketing direct sales kind of thing not a recruitment MLM Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I remember I messaged my sponsor after all my paperwork and everything went through and I was doing my launch is what they call it. Um, I was like, hey, where what's my affiliate link for the products so people can buy the products and I can advertise the products because that's what I thought I was doing. And she's like, oh, just use the webinar link. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what? So I'm recruiting people into the business. Mm. I thought the webinar link was just for people to understand what I'm doing who don't like get it kind of thing. Um, With talking to people, you technically didn't have to talk to people because what they used, like I mentioned at the beginning, was attraction marketing through advertisements. Um, And I, at first, I was just running advertisements for the water machines because I was trying to do it in a way that felt ethical to me. Um, but in some of the trainings in the freedom era, they would say, oh, make sure you're following five to 10 people a day on Instagram. So they follow you back and see your business posts and join the business. So it was never about reaching out to people. It was about you should let them come to you because you'll attract your whatever dream soul avatar Mm -hmm. is call it your dream client would come to you you don't go searching for them but still even following like five ten people on instagram a day that's reaching out to people and creating an advertisement for 
the lifestyle, not for the product, but for the lifestyle that is reaching out to people because you want them to join the business. I just wanted to sell the product because that's what I thought affiliate marketing was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it is what affiliate marketing is. True affiliate marketing. Um, Yeah, that's super interesting. So were you paying, do you know how much you were paying for those ads or was it kind of you guys all worked on a shared kind of advertising budget as a team? How did that work? So you you used your own money for advertisements. Um, I don't know how much I used in total because this was over the course of maybe two years mm-hmm. before I stopped. And then I stopped for a while because I was struggling mentally and then I started again. And then I'll get into that in a second. But um, I was doing like a dollar a day for advertisements because I'm like, I don't want to spend so much money if I'm not going to get anything out of it. And I was like forced into the belief that I wasn't making any sales or getting any leads because I had a low vibration, which is another new age spirituality concept. That is interesting. as... As I'm saying that, it makes me really mad because I was struggling mentally, literally, because that was in 2020, like two, three months after I put my paperwork in, bought my products, got started, I fell into the worst depression of my life and I was diagnosed with anorexia Mm. two, three months after I got started. So people were telling me, oh, you just have a low vibration, so you can't make any sales right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe I'll stop and start later. So I did. I stopped and I started again in, in like a year or two afterwards. Um, and I thought, but that's – when I'm looking back at it now, you don't tell someone you're in a low vibration because you're mm-hmm. struggling mentally. That's just not what you say. Well, it's a dismissal, right, of yeah. of what you're going through. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's, it's really makes me angry for you. Um, yeah, it's a dismissal of, oh, well, you know, you're going through this depression and so your lack of success must be on you, which is a very common sentiment inside of the culture of MLMs in general. Yeah, you're so right. Wow. That is crazy. Um, so... I want to kind of give the floor. I know you had a couple of things that you wanted to talk about that you've kind of been like, oh, I'm going to talk about that later. Do you want to get into that now? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I have so many thoughts in my mind. It's hard to keep track of. No worries. We have we have plenty of time. So you can lead where you want to go. We can go there. Okay. Well, there is something that I want to talk about now is how, mm-hmm. I, how I got, how I left. Mm-hmm. Um, is that okay to talk about yeah. now? Or do you want me to do that at the end? Yeah, let's do it now so, while well, it's top of mind. So I had gotten back into it earlier this year, maybe around February 2023. Um, and I was like, um, I hadn't done anything in it for maybe two, one and one and a half years, just because I was obviously struggling and was Mm -hmm. getting over some mental health issues and I was like okay now's the time for me to do affiliate marketing so I started doing that I started running advertisements for water machines again by this point the loan was all paid off like I had put money into it to pay it off wow so I was just um running advertisements at this point and 
from February to August, I did advertisements and I was posting on my social media as my personal brand that they call it. Um, and I didn't sell any water machines. So I was like, okay, maybe I should start recruiting people so I can make money. And so I started dating my partner two and a half years ago, I think. Um, and I wasn't with him when I first started this because I first started like three and a half years ago. So it was a year before we got together. Mm -hmm. um, and so in August of this year, I talked to him. I was like, yeah, so this um, just selling the product isn't working. So I kind of want to start recruiting people. And he said to me then, he was like, but you don't have much of a business if you're just recruiting people. That's not really a business. Mm. And I said, yes, it is. And then I got very defensive, got very in denial. And then a week, we were, we actually work at summer camp together. So he went home and then he came back and I said, and he was talking to me about it. And he's like, oh, it's multi-level marketing. And I'm like, oh, it is. And that, I don't know why that suddenly clicked for me, but if it hadn't been for him, I would still be in this and still wanting to recruit people and running advertisements for that. Um, but I'm very grateful that he like just very simply talked some sense into me and I was able to be like, oh, this is so wrong. So I immediately went and I canceled my Ucon auto shipment um, paid that off and I was like, okay, we have to be done. Um, so I paid all the money off. I actually, I messaged my sponsor slash mentor and I was like, Hey, I'm just, I'm no longer interested in being an enagic distributor. Um, I canceled my Ucon. Is there anything else I have to do? She saw my message and didn't respond for a couple days. And then she responded. She's like, hi, yeah, there's no hard feelings. Um, you don't need to do anything else besides cancel your Ucon and the business will be there for you if you ever want to come back to it, but you don't have to do anything to terminate it or you don't owe any money. So mm -hmm. she was actually oddly very nice about it, which I was mm -hmm. not expecting. I was expecting her to leave me on red forever. But I, I'm officially out. I'm all out. I've canceled everything. And yeah. I'm not planning on going back. Good. I'm glad for you. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't make you um, like send in your resignation to Enagic itself because usually, you know, you, you would cancel your auto ship, but that would technically still mean that you have somewhat of an active account underneath your, your upline, your sponsor. And usually they would make you send in a termination or not a termination, a resignation letter so that they would like basically delete your information in your account from their system. Right. Yeah, I that's what I was wondering about. I thought, do I have to call like corporate or whatever mm -hmm. to officially terminate it? But I think um, I read something about how if you don't make any sales within like a year or two, then you're in like, I think it's called F status, mm. where you like don't make as many points on commissions or whatever. And I thought, okay, well, I'm definitely in that status at this point because I didn't even make any sales in the last three and a half right. years. So I, I'm just leaving it and there's really nothing else I have to do. There's mm -hmm. um, as long as I don't owe any money, 
I'm fine with it just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You um, mentioned this earlier. You said you canceled your auto ship. Do you know how much your auto ship was every month for those supplements? Yeah. um, 190 a month. 190 a month. Okay. And then that's on top of the the 14k loan that you had already paid off and then plus whatever you were spending on advertising which sounds like um if you're spending a dollar a day you know thirty dollars a month yeah it's a lot it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of money yeah well and it's a lot of your time too even more than that you know your your time is worth money um that's that's how the world works you know like and if you're not getting paid for your time then that's messed up and <laughs> you shouldn't do that yeah yeah it's, it's yeah and I thought you know it would be so easy to pay off this loan it would be so easy to pay off the auto ship because these girls are talking about a hundred thousand dollar months and I thought okay that's easy for me to do then if they're doing it I can do it but I don't know that they're actually making a hundred thousand dollars in a month I don't know that that's fully possible and that's also when I think about it that's too much money Mm. nobody needs a hundred thousand dollars in one month yeah I mean I think the way I think about this and I don't know if this was your experience but being in being surrounded by trainings that are talking about money constantly that are talking about building wealth constantly and then all of the people in your social circle that you're working with on your team are talking about money, then it create, in my opinion, it can create this kind of obsession with that thing, right? If the whole ethical framework of the company is spend money, invest, and then you'll make a million, whatever, 10,000, whatever dollar figure they put on it, then it becomes your entire identity is you making this money and it will never be enough because you're not ever satisfied with what you have because that's not the training and the environment that you're in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just, there was all these books that they would recommend within the money mindset course that I didn't buy, but I looked at like summaries and reviews online. And then I got into that Reddit thread of anti MLM. Yeah. And one thread was like, what's books that people use to manipulate your money mindset or whatever in the Reddit thread. And um, some of them were like happy pocket full of money or thinking grow rich, rich dad, poor dad. And I'm like, do I really need this many books about money like Mm. one thing that was actually a little bit cult-like to me was that they told you to write a letter to money apologizing for how you treated it and apologizing for your relationship with it and then burn it and I'm like what that is so strange that is really strange Did you do it? No, I didn't feel (laughs) right about that. It felt really weird. Yeah. Do you know people that did do that? 
Yeah, some actually made content out of it and, like, would make a reel about um, writing the letter and then took a video of them burning it in a fire or whatever. And I thought, okay, I don't want to do this. That's super weird. Yeah, yeah. Were you, I'm curious, were you ever, um, I know they hold, like, local events, national events, um, Enagic does. Were you ever kind of talked into or persuaded into, I don't think you mentioned that you went into to any events, um, but was that ever talked about to you? It was talked about, yeah. So I didn't actually go to any Enagic events. So we um, set up like a couple coffee dates and I only went to one where we all like talked and worked on content together. Um, and so I went to that and they were all talking about, because the Enagic convention was recently in Las Vegas. I don't know if you saw that, mm-hmm. um, but they were like, oh, you should come. You should totally come. And I'm like, well, I can't. I'm I'm working at summer camp and I'd rather work at summer camp, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't go to that, but I saw all their posts and all their reels and whatever about being in Vegas. And then recently, so the the smaller team that I was on was called DBLL, which is Dreaming Bigger, Living Louder. Mm-hmm. And they had a retreat in Bali for 40 people that only recently happened, like last month, beginning of October, maybe. Um, and then now they're all living in what they call a content creator villa in Bali. Like maybe 10 or 15 of them are living there. So I like they never left. Them. Like they went. No, to they the never house. left. They're just living in Bali, like 10 or 15 of them. Whoa. I know. And I, I actually got a message from my mentor, my sponsor. that was like, hey, are you coming to Bali? And I'm like, no, I don't have enough money for the plane ticket. And she just... Um, read the message and didn't respond and I was like you know what she's probably mad that I have a low vibe mindset about money but I physically don't did not want to pay three thousand dollars to fly to Bali for five days and then another thousand dollars for the retreat and I was like that's just and at that point I was like ready to leave that was like right when I was ready to leave yeah I mean buying a plane ticket and and that thousand dollars that would go to the team or did that go to an adjic that went to the team that went to the team so your leaders would have made money off of of you buying yeah. a ticket to that conference and then you would have to pay out of pocket to buy the plane ticket and i assume pay for whatever lodging and expenses you had while you were there yeah exactly and it was not like it's not a work trip. They called it a work trip, but if it really was a, a work trip, they would pay for your plane ticket and your lodging and your food, right? Yeah. Yeah, they would. And all of them were posting these reels saying like, oh my gosh, this is what work gets to look like, is making reels together. And I'm like, why are you selling a lifestyle? Like, that's that's so predatory. Right. I mean, I think they, in my opinion, they do that because it's it's easier to sell kind of a dream lifestyle than it is to sell what they were selling the water machines for, which is $5,000, right? So if I can sell you on living in Bali and eating 
organic mangoes day in and day out. And then I can say, you can have this as long as you spend X amount of money on my, my company's products. Yeah. That's, that's a terrible way to like, that's a good way to look at it. It's just such a terrible thing. Yeah. Okay. I think we've covered a huge swath of what we were going to talk about. So I want to kind of give you time. Like, can you think of any anecdotes or situations or things that stick out to you as strange, which you've already covered a lot of them, um, I think, but is there anything that you maybe want to talk about or maybe missed as a part of your notes that you want to cover? There was one thing I wanted to share that I came across recently because I do still follow some of these leaders on Facebook and Instagram. And sometimes I just read their posts because I'm like, oh, should I send this to Reddit or whatever? Um, Just so more people can see how ridiculous it is. And there is this one post by one of the leaders who created the Freedom Era. And she was like, yeah, I have unlimited money because I booked an Airbnb for myself. And then I got there and I didn't vibe with it. So I booked a different one. I, and I didn't ask for a refund or anything. I just left. And I'm like, what? So basically what she was doing was paying for two Airbnbs because she didn't vibe with the one that she first paid for. And I was like, that is such a weird way to use your money. Like, why not ask for a refund and then donate that money to a worthy cause? It Right. It really frustrates me that they think they have unlimited money that they can just spend on themselves, like on spa days, on five-star hotels, and they don't donate any of it. It's the way that they talk about money is also extremely cult-like to me because I read a post on Reddit back when I was getting into my mindset of like, oh, I definitely need to get out of this. So I was going into anti-MLM Reddit to kind of get motivation from people, I guess. Um, So I was reading different posts and one of them, I I looked up specifically, I looked up the Freedom Air and Enagic and one was talking about how when people get a receipt for whatever they paid for, like groceries or whatever, they write on the receipt, all this money is returned back to me tenfold. And I'm like, okay, but that's weird like I understand the whole because some people are very very invested into law of attraction and I find the concept interesting but it's not my whole life right I don't really Mm -hmm. manifest money um but the fact that they're so obsessed with numbers and obsessed with money because these two main leaders of the freedom era went in the money mindset course they would talk about how they would do a money dance on the beach every day and they would yell i love money and money loves me and dance around yelling that and i'm like what is going on i just i thought that was extremely strange the way they talk about numbers and the way they talk about money is an obsession that is wild i'm just picturing girls in Lululemon dancing around a fire, um, screaming about, about money. But it's it's really strange to me, yeah, like you said, that there there's this like obsession 
and writing affirmations about money and wealth specifically is such a contradiction to the idea of living a spiritual or kind of organic lifestyle the whole the whole purpose of of that movement i felt like in the beginning was to you know put things into your body that are good for you and um reduce spending on i don't know plastic because it's bad for the environment like those kinds of ideas and that it's morphed into what it is now which is this weird twisted idea of wealth um it's super crazy yeah they're wasting it it's like do you really need a hundred thousand dollars a month if you're just gonna wait waste it on an airbnb that you're not even staying in it's ridiculous to me man it's just heavy you know but i'm glad that you were able to kind of see through that and and be like this is weird i don't i don't want to be a part of that um even though it, you know, it took you some time, I think lots of people get stuck in that kind of cycle for years and years and years and don't even realize it. Um, so props to you for kind of knowing yourself and knowing that that's, that wasn't for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, last couple of questions. Um, because we kind of, we already talked about when you decided to leave how that went down with your sponsor and everything and and how you figured out that that wasn't for you. Um, Do you keep in touch with anyone from inside of the business? Are you um, interacting with them in any way? So I unfollowed all of them on Instagram, but they still follow me on Instagram. I don't, you know, direct message them. I don't comment on their posts. They don't comment on my posts. They don't even like my posts. Um, I I don't keep in contact. I, I don't know if they even still follow me on Instagram. I don't really keep track of that. But I just don't keep in contact with any of them simply because it's they're just living a lifestyle that I don't want to live. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they didn't um, block you right away or unfollow you. Um, I know. That's what I've typically seen in in MLMs is like somebody will leave and be like, hey, this isn't for me. And then it's just a complete detachment from you both physically and online. Um, so I find that interesting. Maybe they – they think that there's a chance that you might come back. And so they're kind of trying to leave the door open for you. Yeah. It seems like because I like am not making them money anymore, they're just not interested in being my friend. Mm. Yeah. None of that sweet, sweet auto ship money coming from you (laughs) anymore. (laughs) I know. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, if you could describe your time in the business with one word, what would it be and why? Manipulative. Um, I feel like I was manipulated into a multi-level marketing scheme by being told that it was affiliate and digital marketing. 
I feel like what a multi-level marketing scheme is, is manipulating other people into a business. This one was particularly deceitful because at least in most multi-level marketing schemes, you know that you have to recruit people, but I did not know until after I got started. So that felt particularly predatory and sinister almost. And the combination of the Freedom Era and Magic is extremely predatory and a scam, completely a scam. And I felt manipulated and it's actually like, it's embarrassing and shameful and extremely difficult to talk about because I was manipulated into this situation. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to tell you that like, you shouldn't feel, I don't think that anybody should feel a shame or guilt or anything when it comes to these kinds of things. Because one of the things that I talk about in you know, the show and the episodes is this is a really, really old, really old model. It's almost a hundred years old. So all of the manipulation tactics and all of the scripts and the talk about money and all of that stuff has been going on for a hundred years. So they've had time to practice the way that they talk to people, the things that they say to draw people in. And so you can't fault yourself for falling victim to that when they've had so much time and you had, you know, a few interactions on social media and like didn't know. And that's not your fault. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That actually makes me feel a lot better. Well, um, I wanted to ask you as we wrap up how how you're doing now, how you're obviously we've done a lot of reflecting over the past in this episode, but I wanted to ask you what what's next for you, um, how you're thinking about business and money in different ways now that you're out, um, just kind of like your outlook moving forward. Yeah, so I, I mentioned that I was struggling pretty deeply during COVID, um, but I have since then completely pulled myself out of all my mental difficulties. Um, all my struggles, and I've been in therapy healing myself. Um, I actually trauma processed the whole Enagic Freedom Era thing in therapy alongside other traumas. So that's completely processed, and I feel like that is in the past and behind me. Um, What I'm doing moving forward is I'm actually a certified yoga, meditation, and breathwork teacher. So I'm planning on starting my own actual business, an actual yoga center. That's awesome. um, With all of those things. And I don't care if I make $10,000 a month or $1,000 a month because it's something that I love and something that I love to do. Um, And it's not a scam. It's an actual service being exchanged. So I am trying to completely reset my view on money and everything. And one thing that I was struggling with was they were like, oh, we live a lifestyle where we don't have to look at the price tag every time we want to buy something. We can buy whatever we want and we never have to look at the price tag. And I thought, oh, I want to live like that. But I'm kind of rewiring my brain to think that's not possible for 90% of the people in this world. 
And I think I don't need that to be possible for me. I'm fine to look at a price tag before I buy something. So I am, I rewired my brain to a different money mindset when I got into Anadric and the Freedom Era. And now I'm unwiring it and rewiring it to be a normal functioning person in a capitalistic society. And I am okay with that. I really am. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a really healthy outlook. I'm really, really happy for you. And I think people can learn a lot from you and your perspective as you're coming out of it as like a way to move forward. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I felt genuinely really good about this conversation. I actually feel a little bit lighter just knowing that this is spreading awareness and other people are going to be okay with this. And you know what I was thinking? Maybe it can even be used as a tool for like, if someone has a friend who's getting into a magic and the friend is like, Oh, um, is like worried about them. They could send them this podcast. So they know mm, that yeah. it's not something you should do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I, I would hope that's the whole purpose of this thing, right? Is I've always been obsessed with this model because for, from the outside, it's, it's crazy. But when you get in there, there's so much nuance and so much manipulation. And there's so much to do with like our own views about wealth and money and social status that makes it much more complex than I think people really think about. Um, but yeah, so we're kind of coming to the end. So if there's anything else that you want to say, you want to talk about, you want to discuss between us, then we can do that now. And if not, then we can kind of, I can cut the recording and we can kind of do some house cleaning um, before we kind of hang up the phone. I think, I think that's everything I wanted to say. There's really nothing off the top of my head else that I wanted to share. I think I got through everything. I want to thank Anna for her bravery, for her perspective, for being willing to talk to me about her experience, which can be traumatic and painful in its own right. If this interview has affected you in any way, or if you have your own story to share, feel free to reach out at blow.studio at gmail.com. That's B-L-O-W-W at gmail.com. And feel free to follow us on Instagram at opcostpod, O-P-P-C-O-S-T-P-O-D. Thanks, and we'll talk soon.